back episode number 64 of the New York Pages podcast in partnership with Inside the Ring. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz. And as you can see from the title of this episode, it's been absolute chaos uh, with Kane now seeming like he's forcing his way to NYR. From what we're all hearing, it sounds like it's a done deal. It's a matter of when the Rangers can fit Kane cap-wise. It set a whole domino effect of crafts out trade, waivers, and then you got the Lindgren injury. Heck, then New Jersey acquired Meyer. It's been just absolutely nuts. And then to top it all off, four defensemen for the Rangers last night versus LA, which was a terrific performance. We're going to be breaking down that, the Rangers' defensive questions, and more. But first, just want to let you guys know to go to insidetherink.com slash ESPN to subscribe to ESPN Plus to watch games and more. And yeah, let's get to it. And we're back. Luca, how's it going? I'd be doing a lot better if Patrick Kane was wearing a, a Ranger sweater already. You remember the good old days where you could watch a game, not have to worry about cap implications, if someone gets injured, if someone gets ejected, and then have to look at your phone for an hour and a half because the insiders can't even figure out a single trade. You, you remember those good old days? Uh, yeah, as in tonight. Um, yes, as in tonight? Uh, yeah, I mean, it happened tonight uh, where we were uh, when we didn't have to do it or when, when it did happen. No, no, no. I'm just saying the good old days where we didn't. We could just focus on the Rangers game. Uh, you know, it's. I feel like people can't focus on one single game anymore. That's, I feel like Twitter is ruined watching sporting events. Uh, there's a reason why I don't get on it during games. I only watch it or get on there after. You know, um, it's just it, it's it's such a. I mean, this is this is just the way that this week is going to go, though. Um, people are going to be. You know, trade deadline week is always like chaotic. You know what I mean? And that's just the way it always is. Uh, and I feel like this year in general, people are people seem to be making their moves quicker. Um, obviously, like the Rangers made their two big moves already, and they're making another big move. Uh, obviously, we're going to get into the Kratzoff deal uh, and all the other things. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, at least they got off the Schneid tonight and, and got a win against. Uh, the Kings, who are a pretty solid team in the West, and with only four they defensemen. did it for four defensemen. So all the people who want to rip Harper, and you know, I, I get like the you know people who want to rip on uh, Truba, like those those two especially. Like honestly, all four defensemen played great tonight. Like you can't, you know, if you rotate four defensemen throughout an entire NHL game, that is. I don't know if I've ever seen that other than I think I saw it when the uh, the Ducks won the Cup. I, mean, I believe they did something so similar where they just, like, were rolling out uh, uh, Pronger and Niedermeyer. Well, no, not, not, no, not Pronger and Niedermeyer. It was Niedermeyer and Niedermeyer. Um, both the defensemen. Uh, they did something similar like that where they had a really short bench. Um, I don't know if it was four defensemen, but it was, they, they, those two guys played so much. It was unbelievable. So Jacob Truba had 29 minutes on ice, Harper 28, Fox almost 26 and Mikla 25, uh, 25 minutes and a half. Like those are obviously roughly the numbers is not exact, but yeah, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. I honestly, you know what? And I'll say this. Mikola is a, a nice little player we got. Oh, yeah. I, I you know, I, I know that I, I had obviously like, you know, six defensemen, you don't necessarily uh, know the six defensemen all around the league. So when you, he comes over in the trade with obviously like Tarasenko's the headliner of the deal. 
Um, you don't really know anything about him. So it's really nice to see he, he's kind of jumped in really well. He's, he's, he reminds me of Justin Braun, obviously in the way that he came over last year, but like he's more assertive on the offensive side. He's just as steady defensively. Um, he's a solid player. He's not going to, you know, he's not too flashy, but he, he's just a really solid player. Um, I, I really like his game and the, the way it complements uh, the lineup. Now, obviously, that being said, the defense before tonight was atrocious the last few games. Um, even during the winning streak, they were giving up way too many goals, way too many chances. But with that being said, I'm just going to say this. It doesn't concern me one iota. No. And I'm going to say and I'm going to explain my reasoning why. The defense last year was not good. Igor bailed him out of games constantly back and forth. You know what I mean? He did it the entire year. And then all of a sudden, playoffs came around, and they clamped down. They really, really changed the way they played defense. It's all the same players this year. It's all They're all back. Um, I truly believe that this team, and they kind of showed it tonight, that when – for whatever reason, when they focus and when they are uh, – there's an added element of urgency, they actually really truly do um, clamp down and play just solid defense and team defense, not just the deep, the like actual like defensive players, like, you know, the, the forwards getting back. Um, it was a great team win tonight. Um, but it's just interesting how – I just – it's funny how, like, tonight reminded me a lot of how they turned a switch on uh, last night in the playoffs. Right. I mean, like, here's the thing, though. Do you think maybe, like, I know it was before this they were having defensive problems. I know Gallant says they're not focused on that, but they are human. They are hearing what's going on. You, you got to think it's a bit of a distraction with all this. Again, I, I know – Are you talking about distraction with Kane? Yeah. I mean, I like, mean, it's impossible. Gonna... It's impossible not to, be, especially when you're holding players out of the lineup and your lineup is changing because of the trade. It's impossible for them not to. I'm not going to sit here and say that that is the one reason no, why. No, but I'm saying you know what it, I mean? it doesn't help. That's, well, that's I, what I'm I don't saying. I don't think it helps, but also I don't think it's like an excuse for the way they, they played over the last, you know, of those four games they lost. One, Connor Hellebuck played out of his mind in one of those games. Um, the, I mean, I know that they gave up somebody, I don't know, it was like six goals against Washington yesterday. Um, but, uh, Darcy Kemper played at, he had a few like unbelievable saves in that game as well. Um, now I know I'm not like trying to just make an excuse for getting blown out and losing games, but like, look, there's other NHL players, there are other pro athletes as well. Like it's hard. Uh, I'm, you know, it is what it is. Uh, they're, you're, it's a long 82 game season for a reason. And um, I think that like, it's hard to, especially after you've won like seven or eight games in a row, however much it was, it's hard to keep that level of play up um, for a consistent period of time, especially over the course of however many months it is. But October it like, through it April. It wasn't like one defenseman or two defensemen. They're like, Oh, they, they stink. It was the whole defense. As it was a whole team, and, and and it was the forwards back checking and them helping. Yeah, out. like it was the whole. It was, it was a catastrophe a on defense. Yeah, oh, it was horrendous. It looks. It looked like they all like 
went and got hammered the night before a game. Like, that's what it looked like. You know what I mean? Like, everyone right. was hurting. Like, that's what it looked like. And tonight would be the one time they would have that excuse, and they didn't take it. Mm-hmm. Tonight was a really gutsy win. Um, you know, uh, I, it's funny. I So, I uh, I had a, I have a four-way parlay going right now. Um, and, uh, you know, I know we do the gambling corner. We don't have one this week, but for anyone looking, if look at the Buffalo Sabres, they, the past week, I've really just started to look at the Sabres and they hit the over quite a bit. Not all the time, quite a bit though. Um, pick the Sabres to hit the over today. They hit that. Then I picked, uh, Caprice all the score goal. He hit that. And then I picked, uh, the Rangers Kings over and that obviously hit, so I was like, and when the range, when, when Keandre got uh, ejected from the game, and I guess it's a nice segue to get into that. I was like kind of sitting here. I'm like, huh, wouldn't be upset if the Kings scored at least one goal here. Maybe like, you know, bump that up or bump, bump, bump that over uh, up a little bit. Uh, but, you know, surprisingly that really turned the tide of the game right there. And then, you know, it's, it's a backbreaker when you stop a team on a five minute major, uh, and you just come back and score right away. Like that, 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 that was a really, really, um, that was a tide turning uh, moment in the entire game. And then they scored again right after that. So like, it was a really, really gutsy win. Um, and, uh, yeah. Speaking about that, do you want to, you want to talk about Keandre? I do. I'm just looking here, just fascinated how it's been three hours and we're not totally, we don't totally understand the Meyer trade yet. It, it's just, Incredible, incredible work here. It, you know, it's it is what the it call is. Like just that, officially ended. Yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, come on. I mean, <laughs> that, that that's it's it's also like one of those things. Like, it doesn't bother me that much because it's not my team. So it's like I don't necessarily. No, but like, like imagine if I, if I was a, but if I was a if I was a Devil fan and I'm I'm like, who are we giving up? Who are we giving up? It's like if the Kane deal. I mean, obviously it's going on with the Kane deal. Like we've had Kane for a week, basically. Oh, I'd lose my mind. And we don't know. We don't know what's going back. So I do understand that, and that's so frustrating. Oh, if we if we were like Dallas fans right now, I, I'd be losing my mind right now. Like because yeah. you're wondering if Holtz, if it was Holtz, if it was Mercer, and you knew last. I heard it. I, I think it's going to be Mercer, just from the talk I heard prior to it. Apparently, Andreas Janssen, again, like when the listeners listening to this, it's yesterday, it's uh, tomorrow morning, and everything will be announced already. But yeah, it, it's just fascinating. Like now, teams break the trades before the insiders do. Like years ago, that never, ever happened. You knew like, like two hours, three hours before. But yeah, whatever. Anyways, going back to the. Oh. Okay, you know what? Screw it. We'll 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 say the Dell stuff when it actually gets released. Going back to the Miller stuff, it is just totally blown out of proportion. Because we could understand, like we understand who Miller is. He he would never do something like that. And like you don't analyze someone based on that one thing. And he said to Vince afterwards, like uh, obviously you know feel bad about it. He connected to Dowdy after. The game and apologize explained it wasn't on purpose good conversation etc cetera, etc cetera. I, I i think that's it i think people are just blowing this out of proportion uh, i know I, I don't know if, I, look i'm not going to say they're going to blow it out of proportion because like if you watch the video it looks like he just does look at him and spit on him like obviously he spits on him but it looks like he's looking right at him look you know what 
it's we don't have a camera of his POV. You know what I mean? Like right, exactly. so it's 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 really hard to see that. It, there's definitely a scrum. So like look, if that if if Dowdy and 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 Miller are have handled it and you know Dowdy comes out in his press conference, obviously I haven't heard what he said, but if they both you know, have washed under the rug, and that, that that's fine to me. Uh, he could get suspended. Um, he will definitely get fined. Um, but he, he also could get suspended, which, you know, um, obviously is not the best thing in the world for this team. Um, but, you know, it, we'll, uh, it's, 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 it'll max. It won't be a huge suspension. It would possibly affect Kane from coming Wednesday and have to go Thursday. Because the reason why Carpenter was brought up is because you have to have a minimum of 18 players available. If you have the cap available, you have to have the 18 players and you can't use an emergency call. So Carpenter was, you know, called up. And with tonight, with, you know, you're going to hear this tomorrow morning, but with tonight, the reason why Schneider and Carpenter was, uh, didn't play was because, of, you know, according to Puckpedia, and if I'm wrong, don't quote them, um, probably reading it wrong, but it doesn't matter if they, don't play a shift or play a shift, whatever. Uh, it still counts against the cap. It was a matter of health. And do not panic when you see Schneider being called down tomorrow because Carpenter isn't going to be called down tomorrow. He's going to be called down the day Kane gets traded from what I'm seeing here. So Schneider would be sent down tomorrow, um, which Monday, and then Carpenter would be either waived or sent back to Kane, whatever, uh, the day that uh, he's traded, which would be Wednesday. But if Miller is suspended, you need another player, which you'd have to call up Hayek, which would mean it would be too much cap and you'd have to do Kane Thursday, I believe. But again, the things, there's so many moving things going here. I could be wrong, but that's basically what I'm reading. Anyway, enough with the boring stuff. Uh, the yeah, yeah, I, you know what? Uh, I, I just had to say that, but us, yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I mean, it, 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 look, it's the, the situation will shake out however it shakes out, whenever it shakes out. Um, I'm just, you know, we're all kind of waiting on the edge of our seats to see who they give up. And I think it's a nice segue into I don't even know what you're planning on next. No, so going into the, the uh, crafts off trade, like before that, my assumption was with, with nothing like hearing nothing like, okay, crafts off is making the most amount, right? Which you, who's got has, has to be traded in order for this Kane uh, trade to work, right? So he's probably going the other way. He's a young prospect, still with promise, probably headed to Chicago. Who else, who, who is another prospect? Again, if Kane is forcing this to NYR, and it seems like the only reason why the Rangers would even think about bringing him, it's probably for not a lot. If Kane just says to Chicago, I want to go to the Rangers and that's it, it's not going to cost that much. And I think when it's announced, I think Blackhawks fans on Twitter are going to lose their minds because if you're Chris Drury, why, why would you even, you know, offer anything more than you have to, because he's only wants to come here and they're not exactly going to say no to Kane unless, you know, to think, so this is the, this is the thing that I look, you know, let's, let's talk about the Kratzoff first. Um, I was on the same train that I thought that Kratzoff, obviously, you know, not Kratzoff and Lecision when they were like both like kind of obviously Kratzoff benched a, a lot more. Um, but when they're both kind of held out of practice and all this stuff, you're, you're like, all right, there's that they're both 
being talked about in the Kane deal. And then all of a sudden, Karasov is traded to Vancouver for essentially what you would hope is a fourth line, third line player at the best of his career. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, it, it was it was not a great trade for the Rangers, but I think you should really no. think of this as but, part of the Kane trade. Well, that, that's the point of it, and and it, and it sucks. It sucks, uh, obviously. And look, there's going to be the Kratzov defenders. Obviously, Brett is not with us tonight, um, and he, Brett, I know, is a staunch Kratzov defender. Um, me, I'm kind of in, I'm in the middle of the road. Like, look, I think the guy is talented, great. I, I'd love to see him play more, but I'm also not going to sit here and say that this kid did everything he should have. Obviously, like, when I'm not going to even litigate all the crap that yeah. went on with him when he got here dude like he, i think he went about everything the wrong way blah 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 blah. people want to blame jury for the way they handled it i'm sorry i'm gonna blame him i'm blaming the player who acted like an absolute child um and this is the thing too but to be so, fair though I, kratzov, I mean personally oh, for me kratzov no 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 no. But, there is yeah blame he wanted to make money and i i do get it there is but at the same time you have to as an organization have the ability to send a player to the ahl like, you have to have that ability to actually do that. Now, whatever, like, I understand, like, I'm not even going to get into, like, the keeping Libor Hayek or him. Like, I, I'm, it's, we're not even going to get into that right now. But the, you have to have the ability to send a player to the AHL to get maximum playing time. And, you know, obviously he does that. He requests a trade. Obviously, we, we, we know everything's gone on. The guy has requested a trade three separate times, I believe, with the Rangers. Like, his trade value goes down each time he takes he asks for a fucking trade. Like it, it doesn't really like there's nothing else we could you know there's not much else you could do with it. Right, it, but to it be really fair, kind of hampers this you with year, this year he did everything they asked for in the off season, in the preseason. He did everything. Like it's exactly it's, and hold yeah. But so like but so yeah, you're right. He does. He he did everything they asked. And let's face it, I was a little underwhelmed. For a guy who is demanding that he be he's on the NHL roster, he's good enough to be in the NHL. What did he do? But you also have a bunch of other kids, which prove that you know not everyone comes out of the gate storming. You're right, and I understand that. But at the same time, like ha- you don't have room for everyone. Okay, so, so- no, no, that's right. Like I'm not trying to debate why they traded him. I understand why they traded him. That for me personally, that yeah, to do with well, it does have to do with the relationship. It's just. One is he probably he might not fit their timeline, which maybe he does. And two, I mean, he is the most expendable. You have Hoffman coming up either nine games this year, technically speaking, or next year. He is the most expendable out of any player they have. Um, 100% in the beginning, it was Krasov's fault. Did not handle it well. I'm but really it, curious. It was also 100% the organizations, how they, like, it was, there was blame on both sides because let's, let's face it, this isn't the first yeah. organizational. Uh, failure they've had they, they've had others that have either requested a trade or have just traded you know had issues with their relationships so i mean it's not a one-time thing you know no it, you're right it, it isn't and this is also jury inherited this like th- this problem like he was handed this you know what i mean and then obviously his, his first like training camp as general manager him and gallant sent him down and then that sparks all the crap that went on um now I, it's really interesting that I, you know i keep when i keep thinking 
when I think of Kratzoff, I keep thinking of Mike Keenan and Neil Smith. And, and when Keenan, well, last week when we were talking to Neil Smith, mm-hmm. um, and he said that he didn't want to play, who was it? Mike Gardner, right? Yeah. And Keenan didn't want to play uh, Mike Gardner. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that Kratzoff is Mike Gardner because he's not, not even remotely close yet. Um, but, you know, it seems to me that Gallant did not want Kratzoff on this team. Oh, 100%. Like, it's a, there was like, an I mean, like, like that week. There was an yeah. opening for him. And, and he, it wasn't like there, there was an opening for him to have a shot. And, like, he didn't get enough consistent games. Like, if you have a, a few games here, a few games there, you, you don't have that consistency, consistency, excuse me, to build up. And, I mean, yeah, in, in the beginning, Kratzoff, a, a lot was on him. I don't know. I, I feel this year, though, the organization 100% did not manage as well. Listen, I hope nothing for the best for Kravtsov. Seems like he could be a really good player, but at the end of the day, I don't think you should look at this as Kravtsov for a seventh and whoever the hell we got, whatever his name is. I, I saw his name a hundred times today. Uh, but basically, eh, death player, nothing big. But I, you got to think of that more as this is for the Kane trade, is what, what I'm trying to say. 100% yeah. the Kravtsov trade alone is horrendous. But you you got to think bigger than that that it's the part of the cane trade, um, because because before that I assumed it was going to be Kraftsoft Jones and whatever pick a minor pick, and that's what my and it, if it was. wasn't. And this is the thing: if if the Rangers weren't going after Kane, Kraftsoft would still be with the organization, I believe, because they would hold on to him. They didn't need to get rid of him. They needed to get rid of. Him, I believe now for cap implications, right? They needed to get rid, like for. Uh, is, oh, there was that no make sense? Them, the, the way there was no way of them having crafts up and Kane, but oh no, that just, that I know. I'm just saying that if they, if, if he wasn't in the deal back to Chicago, they had to get rid of him earlier as opposed to later. Correct. Um, it it honestly depends if it wasn't Kane, whoever they were getting. Like, let's say they were going to go after Barbashev, who was traded already. I think they might still have traded him. Uh, I'm tra- actually, they might have still just traded him regardless, just because I think the cap was so tight. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. It's, it, I'm not going to get into fun. Yeah, I, dude, I, I try right to. Now. It is what I'm, it is. Whatever. Anyway, so regarding the Kraftstall trade, yeah, as a whole, more, think of it more as the part of the cane. But which leads us, I guess, to our next you know, thing here. What in the world is the cane package if it's not Kraft, if Kraftstall's not part of it? It's got to be something like Zach Jones, I think, has to be the headliner, right? It's, I mean, I, I 100% don't think it's a first. I think it's out of the question. But if it's Jones, what, like a second and another minor prospect, that's it? Because think about it. Kane is forcing himself here, right? So what? there's zero yeah. leverage regarding Chicago. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I really, but if that's the case too, then why didn't Chicago want Kratzoff? That's just I, I'm very curious as as to that. Right. A team, a team that is rebuilding. You're getting rid of a right winger. Why not take a right winger who is good enough to play in the NHL? He is. Kratzoff is good enough to play in the NHL. He hasn't made an impact yet, but he's good enough to skate. He's good enough to play in the league, especially on one of the league's worst teams. Um. So. Why didn't Chicago want him? Because that Chicago clearly didn't want him. He was definitely available for Chicago. Well, the scenario was Thursday night, or maybe it was Friday night. If let's say Ascension got waved down by the twenty sixth, 
and Kravtsov was part of the deal, then I believe they would have been able to make it either Thursday or Friday. I don't remember which day. But what if by trading Kravtsov earlier than that, they had the, you know, more of the room say someone got injured or um, a, a bunch of things could happen, right? Because if let's say you did go with that route of Ascension got waived and you keep Kravtsov until the Kane trade, I don't, I don't think like, I, I think that leaves less leg room for them. If let's say there's an injury or they have to call someone up. But with Kraftsoft now that he's traded and because, you know, now they obviously had to bring up Carpenter because the 18 player limit. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the reason that they had more leg room, but I'm going to I'm going to throw this out there. And maybe this is just crazy. What if the third team? Because there isn't going to have to be a third team, correct? You're saying it's Vancouver? Yeah. Yeah, no, no. If, I, I, I thought, I thought of that. I'm like, what if, what if we basically gave them Kravtsov? So when we go back for them to Kane, no, they, they could, they don't have the cap space. They don't have cap space. Oh wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, because now it's not, using... it's not a lot of cap space. No, because they've also been trading LTIR, players. Like... They are using LTIR space now, which makes this whole thing bigger. Uh, who is on LTIR right now? Maybe it is possible. That's it's under. It's just an idea I had right now. No, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you had because the Rangers had to get rid of Kraft off earlier as opposed to later to free up more accumulated cap space for days and all that crap that bullshit. Um, and it would make sense that if that happens, Vancouver would be the team that picks up the the extra, you know, twenty five percent. Regardless, Kings coming here. What the package is, I don't know. Um, I would love. Of it for not to be a first round pick, obviously. Um, I don't know uh, the way though, but I do player wise, it, the way though, I do see it being a first is say if it's a second and if the it's a conditional, if the Rangers win the cup, it's a first. And because at that point, who the hell cares? Yeah, um, honestly, though, at this point, I would like I would just prefer to not that I want to trade Zach Jones. But at a certain point, you got a, a prospect become suspect, and Zach Jones is kind of reaching that point in his career where he's uh, not that he's suspect or anything yet, but it's just he needs an opportunity to play, and if he doesn't get that opportunity, his stock goes down. Right. Um, so I think trading him now, trading if it's Zach Jones in the second round pick for Kane, I'm thrilled. Um, I think that is a great, great deal. Uh, uh, you know, especially for a rental like Kane. And the third um, team, though, would probably get something like a fourth, kind of like what Minnesota got. Or, or they don't get anything and they just get like, if it's Vancouver. You know what I mean? Like, right. they, they're using LTIR space as their, as their deadline cap space. So I don't know if their players are coming back before the end of the season, if they're not then they can do that. But if they are, then they can't. And I, I don't know which players I'm looking at the injuries. I don't, I don't know when they're due to come yeah. back. So whatever. Uh, the point is there's got to be a third team and I I'm 100% like, or 99.999. Like th this deal is done. Like. Well, the, the deal is done because the way that the Rangers were operating their roster this week. The games in, oh, yeah. in, in Washington, the game tonight especially, was just bizarre the way that I like 
you don't run four defensemen unless you have to, and they had to. So, you know, uh, I think it was a very interesting choice, obviously. Um, Is this the craziest Rangers deadline you've ever laid through? Uh, for me, yeah. I mean, I was three and a half years old. I was three years old when the – Because I don't remember deadline. ever like this, ever. Yeah. I mean, this past week alone. And then with the when they When with- they traded for – when they traded for Yandel, that was an interesting deal. Well, Martin um, St. Louis Callahan was nuts, but I'm saying it was like we, we haven't had this. Also, also the the the, the year that they that they sent the letter out, that was that was wild because it was just like, wait, what the hell? This is happening. Yeah, and I I wanted it to happen. I wanted it to happen. Um, and then like you're just like checking your phone the entire time. I remember exactly where I was in LA, uh, driving. When McDonough when I, when the McDonough trade came in and I'm like who's Brad Howden who's Leibor Hayek and obviously no one still knows those names except Ranger fans unfortunately um, but yeah so I mean like th- there's been a few but this is definitely the most exciting okay here we go after three and a half hours <laughs> we get the Devils trade which is Timo Meyer fifty percent and Scott Harrington and San Jose gets Zetterlin Andreas Janssen I don't even. Great. It's two names that I will never learn to be able to pronounce. Okay, I'm just going to go with their first names is Nikita and Shakir. Uh, one of them I remember, I believe, was a first-round defenseman um, and the 23-3 first-round draft. Okay, so, oh, and conditional 2024th first round, but and apparently this deal puts Sharks over a 50-minute contract, so Question is if it was, I don't know, like, I, this is kind of nuts. But anyways, the point is, is that they didn't give up Mercer. They didn't even give up Holtz. Um, Zetterlund, yeah, but I mean, I think 100% we could beat that team. Is it is it going to be easy? No, but I I think, yeah, we could beat that team. No, I think I think the way that the, I think that, you know, I always go back to the what we talked about with Mike Rupp uh, a few months ago, and he said the way to beat the Devils is just smash them. And I, 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 and I'm not saying like that is the only way. I think that is a very good way to beat them because there is a, uh, uh, they are a younger team, and I think is going to be really interesting to see how that team translates to playoff hockey because we've seen teams that fly up and down the ice when things shrink in in April and May, they mm-hmm. they don't fly. Um, and we know our know, kids I, were able to. I'm not. Yeah, uh, I mean, but we've also we've we've also seen it with like you know the Lightning, a veteran team, not not even just a young team making it the first time. Like the Lightning were the President Trophy winning team, set you know just scoring so many goals. What they had like sixty three wins that year, or something like that, set the record or tied mm-hmm. it, and they were out in four games. So it, there is a certain style that I don't know if it's going to translate to playoff hockey and. I do think the Rangers, I, the Rangers Devils first round series could be a really, really classic. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a bloodbath with New Jersey. And then what? You got to play Carolina if you got there. And then if you get, if you win that one, you're playing Boston. So, I mean, the East. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it, the, the, well, this is, the, this is the thing. And like, the, you know, I, I was listening to Don LaGreca's podcast the other day and, and he was complaining about uh, how, you know, 
the, the playoffs, how it should be one through eight, blah, 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 all this stuff that everyone's been saying for, for months. But yeah, the, the East, one through six in the East is the top. I believe that's what it was when I was listening on Friday, and it could have changed by now. But the East, one through six, or the NHL, the league, one through six is the East. So it doesn't matter if – this is the funny thing. It doesn't matter what the situation is. The Rangers will be playing the Devils. The Lightning will be playing the Leafs. And the Bruins and Hurricanes will be playing the six or eight – or the seven or eight seeds if it was one through eight. That's just the way it shakes out now. And we are in this different format, you know. So it, it doesn't matter right now. It's like we would we would be playing the Devils. The Rangers would be on the road. That's just the way it is. Uh, and it's just the same thing if it was, uh, you know, back in the day. Um, so it's. I think it's it's going to be a really, really interesting first round. The East is insane right now. I think whoever makes it out of the East, uh, and we're, you know, leading into our top five question of the week, uh, I think whoever gets out of the East is going to win the Cup. Um, I, I mean, I know that, like, you got to put some respect on Colorado because, you know, they can turn it on if they get everyone well, healthy. Is, and they is that last who year. their second line center is going to be? Because mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything yet of what they're interested in. And you would think that they would have been after a guy like Bo Horvat or Entei, since he's not leaving now Chicago. I don't know. That That is definitely very interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that that kind of is a, a nice transition into our top five. You ready for your top five of the week? So top five, I think we should just go Q&A. Well, since we're already talking about contenders for the okay, cup. yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah um, no, so you. this, yeah, so this week's top five. You know, we're switching it up a little bit. Um, I'm going to go like we're doing our top five actual true contenders for the Stanley Cup this year, um, which is really interesting because I thought about this before the Devils got Timo Meyer. Um, but I'm still look. Devils are good. I don't believe in their goaltending. Um, I think that when it comes down to it in the playoffs, that's not going to they're not going to be able to get it done. Uh, but my number five team is going to be the Dallas Stars. Um, yeah. I think Dallas has – Dallas Dallas is one of those teams that I think that they could – I don't want to say an easy route because there's never really an easy route to the Stanley Cup final, um, although Colorado made it look really freaking easy last year. Um, there's never really a truly an easy route, but the West is weak. And I think Dallas is really one of the only true teams that stand above and beyond uh, a lot of the other ones. Um, Cause I think Jake Ottinger is that good. I think, you know, you, you have the scoring up front with Robertson and you have the defenseman too. Um, so Dallas is my, my number five team. Who's your five? So I, I was a bit confused because I, I looked through it. I'm like, before we mention this, I don't see Carolina as a team that even though they're, they're second in the league, their type of style, the way they play, just doesn't seem to translate well to playoffs. So I, I didn't even put them in my top five. Um, mm. Yeah, no, no, no. My, my fifth was the same exact thing, the Dallas Stars. Uh, I think a lot of people are sleeping on them. They have uh, Uttinger and Nett. They have Robertson. Their veterans are doing good. I, I mean, people are – This they're definitely the dark horse team. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting – uh, and they also have like they're, they're, they got a nice mi- mixture of like young and uh, like veteran players as well. Um, and you know, I, I 
it's one of those teams where like, yeah, they're having a great year, but I could see this being their only real kick at the can. Um, Cause you never know how Jamie Benner. Uh, what's his name? Stegen are, are going to be year in year out. Cause they've had, both of them have had, especially Sagan has had so many injuries. Um, so that, that, that's one of the only things that I could see really derailing them. Um, but yeah, Dallas at number five, you know, I, number I'm sorry. Team, I have to, I didn't realize I got to change mine. I, I I'm, I'm going with, just a filler basically of Tampa. Cause why not? Because they always manage yeah. not to make it easy. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm switching with Tampa because I don't believe yeah. in Carolina and I don't believe in New Jersey. That's it. Yeah. Um, so Tampa's your five. Tampa's my five. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Tampa's going to be my four. Um, obviously like, yo, like, like, look, they're three time defending Eastern champions or Eastern, I guess, if we want to call the bubble and Eastern, they won the, they won the conference, whatever. They were going to win it that year anyway. Like they were stacked. They were ready. Um, you got to put respect on their name though. You know, the, I feel like they're a team that could really like just, you know, Boston, I, it's, it's so interesting because Boston has been so good all year. I just don't, I don't know. It's so hard to be that good throughout the year. And then when you go into the playoffs to win, there's so many teams that win the president's trophy that don't ultimately win it. And I could truly see Tampa beating them um, in the second round. Uh, now that would obviously mean Tampa beats Toronto in the first round. That's going to probably be another epic series. Um, but yeah, I got Tampa at four. Uh, yeah, obviously I switched it up. Dallas stars at number four. Again, uh, Carolina and New Jersey for me didn't even make it because I don't like Carolina's style of play when it comes to playoffs. We've seen it in the past. We see it not work. And New Jersey is just this 50-50 group. I just not even going to touch that. So, yep, Dallas Stars it is. Uh, number three for me is going to be the Rangers. Like, look, I think you could, you know, any of the anyone in the top five can win it very easily, I see. Um, I'm going to put the Rangers at three. Uh, I, you know, They've been inconsistent throughout different parts of the year. Obviously, you know, they just shrunk together like a seven or eight game winning streak right there and then lost four in a row. So that's kind of what I'm talking about. Um, but I think we do know that this team, when it comes time to truly clamp down and, and amp up, I, I think that they, they can do that. And, I you know, I really am excited to see what this team could look like with Patrick Kane. The top three lines, that could be a really exciting exciting offense i mean um, when you think about it like this if you're the opposing team right you got to first play Kreider, zabanajet tarasenko then you got to yeah. play panarin trocek kane and then you got to play the kid line which has shown in the playoffs they could be just a nightmare for teams and then after that you have a shutdown line of vc gujo ma that that's yeah yeah um, you know, and this is uh, this is the thing that's really interesting too. Because like, like you just mentioned, uh, Carolina last year they they sent out it was what was it? It was it was Stahl, Fost, and there's another player. Was it Niederreiter? Um, not sure if it was Niederreiter or I can't, I can't remember the Martin? third player on that line, but yeah, that might have been it. Uh, but it was it, but it was like it was that shutdown defensive line. They yeah. they, they would show, throw them out there against uh, the Mika line. I don't know who you're like, I don't know who you're deploying. If you're, you know, Rod Brendan or who you, which line do you deploy your shutdown line against? If that's the case. No. Yeah. You know, 
it's it makes it, it makes it a written you know it just makes it really really interesting and a tough uh it's just you, you, when you have that long of a lineup it makes it really really tough to play um so i mean like look i you put the rangers at three four five it doesn't matter to me I, they have a, i think they have a shot to win um which is just exciting to say so it's kind of hard to do this now because i'm not sure what they're still doing so I'm just going to say it like this, Colorado would be as the team right they that they are now, they would be 3 for me. If they do fix that second line center, they're they're going to be at 2 because the team yeah. that I have ahead of them is in the east. And for Colorado, I'm not saying it's going to be the cakewalk, but it's easier to say that one team is just going to dominate the west than that east team, one team is going to manage to knock them out. So as right now, uh, the Colorado Avalanche without that second line center uh, is number three. Yeah, I get it. Uh, I mean, I left Colorado off my list. Just, you know, they've been so inconsistent throughout the year. Uh, injuries obviously have really, really plagued them. Um, but if they get everyone back and if they fix their second line center, like you said, and, you know, certain things happen in Georgiev, I've just said and a lot. That's the problem. I've said and a lot. Uh, there's a lot of things that they really get going. But if they get in, I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs at all. Um, and uh, that being said, my number two team, I, I'm going to throw the Carolina Hurricanes in there. I think the Hurricanes are one of those teams that are like, you know, knocking at the door for a few years. And uh, yeah, I, 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 they, I think they're scary. Uh, I, I do. I know the Rangers have luckily played very well against them as of late. Um but they're they're a tough team to play against, man. Uh, and I, it it comes down to goaltending for them. I'm like it, you know, there's a reason why I left the Leafs off. I it's goaltending. Yeah, they got Ryan O'Reilly, but they still have a huge question mark in that. Um, and the Hurricanes have a big question mark as well. Um, so you know, I, I I they're a solid team. They're they're really really stacked top to bottom. They're like you know a very long team, and they're getting really good score. You know, scoring from a lot of different players and makes it really tough to play against them and they've been consistent throughout the entire year. So they're number two right now for me. Right. It just, Oh, there it is. Rangers announced Schneider to the HL. Yep. This is expected. Uh, he's going to be down yep. there until Wednesday, which then Carpenter will be waived when the cane trade is announced. Um, so no one has to panic there, but with Carolina, I don't know, like teams have proved if you just, you know, cause of their speed, if you just, tying up on the inside of the ice and play a little physical and play like a counterattack type play. It's it. Yeah. It with Boston, with the Rangers, with the teams before it's shown that like, I don't know, their style just does not work. Maybe this is the year it all clicks, but until I see that I, I there, they've just had enough chances where they should have done it by now. So for number two, that was also and, Colorado. That was Colorado for a few years too. True, but they don't have the game breakers like Colorado. That's the difference. No, you're right. I, I'm just saying, like they they've been such a good team, such a solid team for so long that, like, I, look if you if they make it, if whoever makes it to the second round in the East, it's a bloodbath. Okay, like you know, there's two teams that really are like really like really not in the same class as everyone else in the East. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you have the top six in the East, and then and then there's a dramatic drop off. Like it's funny, you can go to the NHL app and look at one through six in the league. One through six is all in the East. 
Boston, Carolina, Devils, Toronto, Tampa, New York. And and then, no, but this is what I'm talking about with the drop-off. Seven through 14 is in the West, all in a row. And then you have the Islanders and Penguins at 15 and 16, and then the Sabres at 17. Right, but the problem, so it's is, just, the problem is with the Rangers, have, they're not going to face one of those bottom teams. They're only going to face those top teams. And No, I know. I'm just saying that whoever makes it to the second round of the playoffs, you know what I mean? You're probably oh, – yes. Islanders, Islanders, Pittsburgh, or Buffalo, like those teams are getting knocked out most likely in the first round. And you're getting the top six teams in the East most likely advancing to the second round. Um, yeah, I mean, so for my second, again, if Colorado fixes that second line center, just not only because they are they would be an amazing team, just the fact that they're in the Western Conference, it just yeah. changes, changes it. Uh, the New York Rangers at number two, this is – with the Kane trade, for the record, this this is with the assumption of the Kane trade, which is seems like it's not only the assumption that's going to happen; it is done. It just has to wait a few days until the Rangers can accumulate cap. If Colorado fixes their second line center, they're they're second, and on top of them being a great team, that because they're in the Western Conference and because the Rangers would have to deal with the Devils, the Hurricanes, and probably the Bruins in the third round, it's ridiculous. Like one of them might be one of them, you know has a better chance of knocking them out than, you know, someone knocking out Colorado in the West. So, yep, basically that's it. Uh, This with the Kane trade. I don't think we've ever, I mean, in my lifetime, ever seen a team like this, this deep and with this many game breakers and, you know, with a goaltender in net that could steal you games. It's yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, uh, it's, it's, it's really like, you know, I I think about it and it's just heartbreaking because it's like, they never gave this much support to Hank. No, no, it is. He only it's had like one thirty goal center, and it was Mika Zibanejad in like the back nine of his career. Yeah, it's like it's really, it's really heartbreaking because like I remember after the 2015 season when they lost in Game Seven to the Lightning. I remember I was on the phone with my dad, and I'm like, I think they should trade Lundqvist, and he was like, What do you mean? And I'm like, I don't think they could do it. Like, this team is not going to be able to do it with, like, the way that this team is constructed. And obviously, the Rangers, two years later, well, the weirdest thing, yeah, that's the thing. Two years later, like, no one really remembers that as that the time that they contended. When you mentioned to everyone, like, the past time uh, they were contending, it was like, oh, yeah, 14, like, 12, 14, 15. Those were the years. No one ever mentioned 17. And, like, that obviously, this kind of PTSD, but, like, that series versus Ottawa, if they could have just not put Mark Stahl and Nick Holden as the pair for two minutes left, we would have probably been the ones playing Pittsburgh in the Eastern Conference Final. Again, that's a what if. That was like five years ago. Yeah. And But who cares? But yeah, like, Lundqvist never, ever got this support. He never really had those true game breakers. It was, yeah. No. And they, they, they and this is the thing. You, you know, it's tough. It's really tough to get those game breakers a as free agents because they're so few and far between when they actually hit free agency that you can well, get add them. one of those game breakers uh, like to 2014 are they winning the cup one of them well yeah i would i, I mean like this, there's there's so many players where it's like oh well if you if you draft uh claude Giroux, if you draft you know this there's so many different circumstances yeah my point though is like they were like i mean if you add if you add if you add Vlad Tarasenko in 2014 to that team, do they win the cup instead of, instead of drafting Dylan McElrath in 2009, 
and they draft Vlad Tarasenko like they should have. Right. And he's not, and you know, instead he's, he's a 30, 40 goal score for the blues that year. Well, then you could say you know, though, if they, tra- if they draft Tarasenko, do they trade for Nash? It's a whole, and then therefore do they also then with Nash who they got the fourth round pick, they drafted Pavel Butchnevich with, oh, he wasn't 2014, but yeah. it was a whole domino effect. The whole point he wasn't was there that- in 2014. So yeah, but no, I, I get it. It's just, it's one of those things. Um, it's so hard to get game breakers. And as free agents, like Panarin's probably the, one of the best free agents that they've ever signed. Um, I think he has to be, he has to be one of the best big ticket free agent signings that a New York team that I follow has ever gotten. Like he's, he's, he's come through each and every season that he's been here uh, right out the gate. Um, and that's really hard to do in New York for any team, especially, you know what I mean? Uh, the Yankees do it all the time and they're, it, it fails quite a bit. Um, and, and so it's, it's hard. And, it, you know, obviously say there didn't do, do it there, you know, didn't get the job done really uh, draft. He didn't really draft any high end players. Uh, we've had a very difficult time drafting these high end talented offensive uh, players. Um, and yeah, they just never got him that support. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's exciting right now, but it's also every time every time I think about it, it's just I always go back to it's like, man, they didn't do it for Lundqvist. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely yeah. I, I think about that once and I'm like, dang, if if Henrik Lundqvist just had half the team, this was, but uh, they always lacked that uh, game breaker. They had the depth, but they always lacked the game breaker. Anyway, uh, I believe you're number one. The Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> no. Obviously, yeah, exactly. Obviously, it's it's the Bruins. You know what? And the the one thing I'll say is they have an unbelievable team right now. Um, it's 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 a really crazy thing that they're doing right now. I mean, they only have eight losses, and we're in March, basically. That's insane. Um, and they're a scary team to play in the playoffs, but man. I'm really happy that if the Rangers, uh, they they're only going to have to see them in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals if they do see them. Um, that Hathaway trade and uh, with you know, it's just, yeah, That's... I mean, like, and they're, they're stacking up. You know what I mean? Because this is this might be the last hurrah for them. Um, you know, Bergeron's not getting any younger. He almost retired this past year. Krejci just came back. Um, this might be the last run for this Bruins team as we know it. Marchand, Marchand is, is pretty uh, – he's not, he's not old, but in hockey terms, he's old. Um, so it's, 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 it's getting up there for the Bruins, and, you know, this is – it's do or die right now for them, and I think they know that, and they're going all in. Um, and, and, you know, this is the one thing I'll say. Olmark is – I'm pronouncing that right. It's, it's Linus Olmark, right? Their goalie yeah. who's having an unbelievable year. Yeah. I it the at the rate he's playing, I don't know if it's sustainable throughout the playoffs. I don't. And it's not just that; if, it's more of how much of that is him and how much of that is the team in front of him. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it doesn't matter if it's the team in front of him because Darcy Kemper, Darcy Kemper won a cup last year with a phenomenal team in front of him, so it doesn't really matter about the team in front of him. But is is what he's do is what he is doing sustainable in the playoffs? And I don't know that. And it's like goalies are such a you know when we had Bill Pito on, I asked him. Uh, what was one of the things that, you know, you noticed in Lundqvist and Shesterkin and that he immediately started talking about their mental uh, side of the game. 
And that is something that goalies are either, you know, put in uh, the Hall of Fame for, or they're just flashing the pants. Um, I mean, Olmark is having an, uh, you know, historic season right now. Um, I mean, we've seen goalies do stuff like this before. Cam Ward comes to mind. Um, obviously, he did that really in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, it's 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 going to be really interesting to see if if the, if the, he can kind of continue at the rate he is because it's it's quite incredible what he's doing. Yeah, my obvious number one is the Boston Bruins. Um, with on top of how great a uh, bit of a team they are, they had Hathaway and Orlov. It's whoever whoever is going to beat them. It it's going to be a serious. Like I know we're talking about bloodbath with New Jersey, but this is just going to be. I I I'm trying to think like how their weaknesses, or like maybe Omar. How much of that is him? rather than just the team in front of him. Like, if let's say the Bruins are having a bad game, can he steal them a game? Or has he never had to do that? It sounded like he's done that in the past, but playoff time, right, as you said, is it sustainable? And I don't know, maybe maybe it isn't. Hopefully it isn't for us, but yeah. It's got, it's I mean, getting look, a lot. Even, look, Shesterkin had a, had a historic season last year, right? right? And he had struggles in the playoffs early last year but the Rangers were able to weather that storm and then get back on it. If he struggles a little bit in the playoffs for a game or two, can they weather that storm? That's, that's the crazy part about it. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you fall down early in the series, like if you lose home ice and you know, whatever happens, like, you know, the Rangers got lucky last year. I think everyone knows that. Um, And it takes a lot of luck to win a cup, I think. And I think that's something that like, that's why, the president trophy winners don't necessarily win the cup all that often. Yeah. That, that's the one thing that we got, I'm going is that they're winning the president's trophy and president's trophy winners do not have a good record. Uh, anyway, I think it's no, time for the Q and a mailbag. So yeah, let's do it. Perfect question going into this is from the NYR fan. What are your thoughts about Linus Olmark scoring before Shesterkin? Um, Hatred is kind of my answer. A little, a little jelly, a little jealous. Uh, but, you know, it's more for me, it's like Shesterkin, and I think, who was it? Someone was talking about how, like, Shesterkin just isn't playing the puck with as much confidence right now. Um, and obviously, I think he had a great game tonight, and hopefully this is one of those games that, like, he could bounce back with. Um, but it, it, it's, it's, it, it's annoying. Um, I thought about that too, uh, especially because like what was it, like a week or two ago when Shesterkin had the opportunity to shoot at the open net and like there was like three players in the way and he just wasn't able to like elevate it. He didn't have enough runway to kind of get get the puck elevated. Uh, so yeah, it, it's frustrating. Shesterkin's going to get it. Shesterkin's going to get it. Oh, he'll get it. It's just a matter of time. But yeah, it's annoying seeing yeah. Olmark scoring before Shesterkin. Yeah, that, that, yeah. That, that is that is a bit annoying. And I, I mean, listen, the, the balls on these goaltenders to do that because you're risking an empty net goal if someone picks it up is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually had last. Uh, obviously, it's not not a close NHL, but last week uh, we had a three on three overtime uh, in my league game last week. And it was to the point where it's the middle between me and the uh, blue line. And then the, they were going to have a breakaway. So I was going to stick handle it and I'm like, oh, hell no, no way. So I stick handle it back and cover it because no way that would have been embarrassing. But 
Yeah, the ball's on uh, goaltenders that do that. Props to you. Um, all right. It's Pulse asks, uh, I know we just won, but is the defense a big concern? Um, you want to start that one off? Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of already, like, spoke about what what I thought about the defense. Um, and I'll just reiterate this. Like, they, if you kind of can switch back into your head about the way they played in the playoffs last year, um, that's the reason why it doesn't give me that much – it doesn't keep me up at night. Um, I'll say that. I think that this team, there is an interesting element that like tonight, for instance, like I think we all saw, like they really were focused and like they played, they played a, like a very team oriented game, you know, um, they played together uh, where sometimes that you look, they look like they're independent contractors out there. Um, and uh I think that's something that this team has and it's, it's an interesting thing. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully they don't turn it on too late, but you know, you know, it's, I think it's interesting too, because last year around this time, if you remember after they got cop, after they got Mott, after they uh, got the Toronto deadline, they started to tighten things up a lot and their five on five got a lot better in March and in April um, in the last two months of the year, they really kind of uh, turned it on a little bit and that continued into the playoffs. So um, if you're a little worried, I would, I would just really kind of take a deep breath, relax, think about the next two months uh, and then see where it goes from there after the uh, this week's deadline. I think with I don't know, the, the past couple of weeks have been hectic. Heck, like during the Detroit game, how many of us were 100% focused on the game rather than focusing on everyone's hearing now, Kane's forcing, might force himself to NYR, okay. When are we getting him? Who are we picking up? Like all that, like there's no way. I mean, at least me, I was, I mean, that was, I looked forward to every single Rangers game. That was like one of the most dull ones I've ever watched or ever wanted to watch. And yeah, obviously they didn't play well, but I'm not, I'm not concerned to the point you should evaluate the past few games and say, Oh, that's the defense. It's not the defense that that's going to be here come playoff time. Is it the only concern I have is that how the defense can hold up versus fast teams like New Jersey that's kind of my only concern right now. It's more of a thing like if we're right, if in a month, right, and the team's defense is still playing like this, not not like tonight, but like versus Detroit, right, then I think you start getting concerned. But I, I don't think there's nothing really to be concerned about right now. Well, also, you got to think about the the Oilers used to do this. Like, and I'm talking like the 80s Oilers. Um, they would. You know, and I, if anyone you know wants a good hockey book or and a documentary to watch, um, Grant Fuhrer's biography and his uh, his biography and there's a documentary. I think it's on Amazon. Really cool. But he would always talk about it. Like they would obviously they scored so many goals, but he's like they would when they needed to they would clamp down and, and play a tighter game. Um, and I think good teams have the ability to play multiple different ways. Um, you're not just going to smash mouth people. You're going to be able to kind of play a track meet. You can do this, you can do that. You know what I mean? You can win a game 2-1. You can win, win a game 5-1 um, or 5-5 five, five, or 5-5. Five, five. You're not going to win 5-6, you know, or 6-5, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, you have to be able to win multi multiple ways. Um, so, I mean, I, I would hold off on pushing the panic button on that, that quite yet. All right. Um, 
we're gonna actually start with this one first because it's Marcane related. Uh, Gordon Gertzner, I'm sorry, uh, Gertzner, and uh, it's Pulse asked this is kind of the same question: Is Kane worth his cost at the end of the day? Um, it sounds like he's coming for peanuts. I mean, the whole point for me was, yeah. No, 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 no. Sorry, I'm saying the whole point for me is that coming into the trade deadline before they had Tarasenko, we needed that top right winger. Kane was not the answer for me. He wasn't playing well. And on top of that, he had a hip injury. You're not breaking bank on a guy like that. Tarasenko fits better. He's a shoot first mentality guy. Get the guy, you know, who's going to be able to come in. I mean, it wasn't really a question for me. And basically that was it. It sounded like also that Kane was, they were asking way too much for Kane. Uh, never believed that he was the player we needed. But now that you did get all the pieces you needed and you could get Kane for nothing, like, why not? That that was just my personal it's, thing. It's, it's really hard to say, is he worth the cost, A, without knowing what the cost is. Assuming it's really something hard... like, assuming it's something like, a second Jones and a, another mid-tier prospect. Yeah, I mean that's that he's definitely worth that. I mean, like I would even say he's worth a conditional second into a first-round pick if they win the cup. You know what I mean? Like he's he's well worth it. Uh, at that point, like look, Patrick Kane is the greatest American-born hockey player ever, forever. Like, I, I truly believe that, like, um, I know, like, a lot of, you know, a lot of Ranger fans want to pound the table for Brian Leach. But, like, I, I don't know, man. I think Patrick Kane, what he's done is is unbelievable throughout his entire career. He's only had – this is going to be his third season where he hasn't scored a point per game. Um. And he still obviously can can get there, but I mean he's really got to go on a tear the last you know half of the year. Um, I, I I think he's he's a game breaker. He's a generational talent. Obviously he's on the back end of his career. We're only getting him for a, uh, a tiny little window here. But I also think we haven't even brought this up. His connection with Artemi. Um, if him and Artemi can find some type of uh, chemistry like they had that that few years in Chicago, then yeah, he's one hundred percent worth it. If the two of them can just kind of, you know, bring the best out out in each other for a, a small time, like three months, four months to finish this off, like yeah, it's well worth it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hopefully, it sounds like at the end that he'll need surgery on the hip, but it sounds like also that it will hold up. Um, but yeah, you got to hope that Tarasenko will fit well with Zabanajad. Actually, you know what? Uh, let's save that because that is our next question from DH34. What will the Rangers forward lines and defensive pairs look like next month? Uh, if Kane is involved again, like I know we know Golan switches lines up and everything, but it sounds like with this, it would stick more. Um, we kind of said it. I, I don't know, Luca, if you have different combinations, but mine were the Kreider. Mika Tarasenko, the Kane, Trocek, Panarin at the kid line, and then the shutdown line of VC, Goudreau, and Ma. But I don't know. You, you got any other combinations? I mean, honestly, like, I think that that's a really solid – I mean, that's such a phenomenal on-paper yeah. <laughs> lineup. It's so, so exciting. Um, 
but yeah, I think that's, that's a really, really good, uh, I mean, that's what I would do. Obviously, you know, um, who knows, maybe, maybe you even put, you flip Panarin and, and, and Kane with Mika. I, I think that'd be an interesting pair to see. I'm just saying like, look, right, let's right. face it. If, if, if Gallant gets them, chances are that Patrick Kane plays with like seven different people in the first week. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's just face it. So um, going through line combos is fun, but I mean, like, let's yeah, face no, it. No. Put with Gallant, you never know what's going to happen, but I don't know. It's like, again, we could have him. And then, yeah, again, like nine different combinations by like the third game, but it, it seems like Panarin and Kane is kind of the winner there. But also like yeah. you want to make sure of two things you want to understand before the playoffs, when, when you get to the playoffs, what combinations would work, what combinations wouldn't work. And at the same time, you got to make sure that the lines that they are with now they're used to and they're, they're going already. So if he is doing combinations in the beginning to understand what would work and what wouldn't work, that makes sense. But like a couple of weeks before the actual playoffs, you want to have actually your set lines before and you could get, they could get used to each other. So yeah, yeah agreed. And I believe that, oh, the power play. How would the, I don't have the person's name. I apologize. But how would the power play work? I mean, I think you, you, you pop Tarasenko out and you put Kane in. Um, you know, I think I want that Heedle there so bad. I get it. I mean, I think that spots for Heedle next year. I mean, um, we, we saw what happened. There, there was a stat that like how much better they were doing with Heedle in that, even in the bumper yeah. spot. Like, and that's the thing too. I think that, you know, if we're looking at like what the mission of this next you know, once they get Kane, what I think it's really to figure out who the hell the bumper is. Um, because that's been you a really Sabanish thing. You got it Sabanish out on his obvious circle. You got Kane on the other one, who you have that one timer now, right? Right. So Yeah. Uh you got I think Fox you gotta obviously. Yeah, I think you gotta really the look question at, is uh, would Panarin work in the bumper? Is the big question. I think Panarin is perfect for the fucking bumper. It's so frustrating that they really haven't like tried it for an extended period of time. Um, I think he has the most skill on the, you know, as of right now on the offense to just kind of go in there and just make, he can get shots off in very quick fashion. You know what I mean? He has a quick release, I think. Um, I don't know. I, I think well, he'd be perfect it's, there. He defers to passes all the time, but maybe in the bumper, know, but, it but if forces he's, him. If, he, if he's in the bumper, he only really, he doesn't have the opportunity to get the puck and like, Wait and then do pass. Right, like, it I think forces he has, him to shoot. It forces him to do to shoot the puck more. So I, that that's kind of what I've thought for uh, a few months. Um, I mean, I've been pounding the table for Panarin. If you want to go crazy? You just months. take out. Well, not crazy, but you just take out Panarin, put it Hedo in the bumper. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I just want Hedo in first power play really badly. Um, although interesting, interesting news here. If someone else, another defenseman tonight, was injured. They were going to put Mott on defense, and I think if that happened, the Norris conversation would be really heating up. For the record, yeah, uh, he he might he might be able to snag it away from Eric Carlson, but no, I think he's got that locked up. By if now. Eric Carlson, he's got to win it. I'm going to lose my mind. Look, if a defenseman scores a hundred points, he's going to win the Norris. But how can you win it, it if you don't know how to play? How can you win a defense? Because you scored a hundred points. Know, that's how you win it. But you it's don't know how to play defense. So how, how do you win the defenseman award? How do you? you how do you know? Defense? 
how do you know that he doesn't know how to play defense? What if he just chooses not to? Like Jerry Seinfeld, he chooses not to run. I don't know. I, I know he's going to win it. I'm not losing my mind, but maybe, maybe, maybe five people listening to us got that reference. And that's okay with me. I think that's a good point to end it on right here, right? Yeah, um, I think that's it here. These couple of day, couple of days are going to be a bit of a headache because yeah, Brandon Schneider has been sent down. Uh, kind of understand the plan here. If Miller is not suspended, um, it can happen Wednesday. If he is Thursday or Friday, and I think that is it. Is there one more question? If Kane does come, is there any hole in the lineup that you are concerned about or zero? Uh, obviously, you know, we didn't even talk about this episode. You hope that one, uh, not one quest. You hope that, uh, well, I always hope that one quest is okay, but you hope that Lindgren is okay. Um, and, oh, no, uh, obviously Mika taking, and, and Mika taking that shot off his foot today, uh, or ankle or leg, whatever. I posted this on Twitter. I posted on Twitter. This game alone is the origin story of the Joker, hands down, because you're looking at this with the cap applications, what's going on in New Jersey during it, because no insider understands what's going on. You see Miller got ejected. Lindgren was already it's, injured. It, yeah. And then now Mika goes down your number one center. It's, yeah, no. This could definitely it, it, was, it, it was absolute chaos, yeah. This could definitely um, be the uh, origin story. But, yeah, no, I yep. listen, I, I don't think – the Lindgren injury, I'm mean, I I haven't I don't hear anything, but it doesn't seem like the in, Lindgren injury is something that is long term. Um, it wouldn't be the if rest it was of the if it was if it was long term. I think that they would have already opted and done the long term IR thing. Yeah, so I, I think they would have been able to do that. But it, if they didn't do that already and they opted to go with four defensemen instead, then I think that that kind of is your that kind of tells us that because it's not as bad. If he wasn't back for the regular season, you could put him on LTR IR now and get Kane right now. Yeah, so, so exactly. they, they, they it, it can't be that serious. Uh, thank God. And besides, with Lidgren, who's basically you know a cyborg, you could just always put in a metal arm there. So, yep, that's basically it. All right, um, I think that's going to end off this episode here. Uh, thank you to the listeners, and uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time.